the young man who filmed himself performing sexual actions inside of a Senate hearing room will not face charges. U.S. Capitol Police says, no story here. A Biden staffer meets with James O'Keefe, doesn't recognize him, you know, because of the glasses, and commences to pull the veil back on the Biden White House. Ilhan Omar is Somalia first, while Christian nationalism is being blamed for a decline in gender-affirming care. Cori Bush and Rashida Tlaib say Hamas terrorists are totally welcome in the United States of America. Today on the Palmetto Family Matters Show. All of that to come today, and you will hear from Representative Fawn Petalino on her role in the Help Not Harm bill passing in the South Carolina House of Representatives. That'll be at the end of the show, so stick around for that. Sit down with her. We're glad you're joining us on this Friday. It is Friday, September 2nd, in the year of our Lord, 2024. Ding. Justin Hall, Mitch Prosser here with you. Intimate, fireside yeah, chat style. It's a little different. We're glad you're here. Glad you're joining us on Facebook, YouTube, or listening on the audio streams, or on the app or website, whatever you might be doing to Maybe you're in the room with us right now. Who knows? Could be the way the world's going today. Our show is brought to you by I Believe SC, IBelievesc.net, where you can go to get your I Believe license plates today. Share the gospel with those around the state as you traverse our wonderful roadways and sit in traffic later on today. We hope you visit IBelievesc.net. Low numbers still available. That mission is funded by Christians from across the state. I play a game now. Like, when I'm driving down the road, there are a couple license plates that look very similar to it. But when I see one, I'm like, ooh, is that a, I believe, license plate? It's really cool. Yeah. Uh, Had the opportunity to be at the Moment of Hope uh, annual banquet last night. Uh, I believe sponsored that event. What an amazing event. Thanks to our friends across the state who are standing for life. And we are so grateful for you and mm-hmm. your uh, the value you add to life here in South Carolina. Absolutely. There are other things happening uh, across the country. And again, within the state of South Carolina, we remind you that the Age Verification Act passed in the South Carolina House Check. of Representatives. The Social Media Regulation Bill passed in the South Carolina House of Representatives. Check. And uh, we haven't really covered it, but uh, Constitutional Carry passed yesterday in the Senate. You can have Check. your own opinions on that and how the bill looks of course, we wait to see what the House does with that. But it's we, newsworthy we've been, and worth mentioning. We've been funneled into that God and guns crowd uh, you know, a few times. So, um, Yeah, it's amazing check. what happens when you stand against porn for children. <laughs> what happens? Our, our email. Our, listen, I would read Vile. the fan mail, but I can't. Vile. We got flooded yesterday. Uh, kudos to you guys, I guess, for bringing attention to the issue. I don't know. For, um, for, those of, for those of you out there that flooded our email uh, and our website with vile and hateful material because Including you, the script to the Bee movie? Uh, literally, the Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> B-E-E-B buzz movie. Um, for those of you out there that uh, don't like what we do in defending uh, children and protecting children we pray from you. pornography, and you believe that a child should view pornography... Um, we pray for you. Speaking of weird sex stuff, oh. a remember the Senate staffer that um, we, we talked about went it a while into back. a Senate hearing room. Poor Amy Klobuchar's desk. Well, did, we didn't show. We never showed any. No. Yeah, we didn't post a link. No. But we didn't. We. I don't even know that we encouraged you. We did not. Nope. Just so this this Senate yeah. staffer who is a male, Aiden something another. He uh, propositioned another male. Filmed himself doing distasteful things inside of a Senate hearing 
room in a U.S. government building like that your tax dollars pay for. And now we have a statement from the United States Capitol Police, quote, For now, we are closing the investigation into the facts and circumstances surrounding a sex video that was recorded inside the Hart Senate office building on the morning of Wednesday, December 13th. After consulting with federal and local prosecutors, as well as doing a comprehensive investigation and review of possible charges, it was determined that, despite a likely violation of congressional policy, (laughs) there is currently no evidence that a crime was committed. Although the hearing room was not open to the public at the time, the congressional staffer involved had access to the room. The two people of interest were not cooperative, nor were the elements of any of the possible crimes met. The congressional staffer, who has since resigned from his job, exercised his Fifth Amendment right to remain silent and refused to talk to us. Our investigators are willing to review any new evidence, should any come to light. Now, was it immoral? Yes. Was Check. it wrong? Yes. Check. Was it illegal? I mean, that's I a, more, that's a gray that. area, right? It, it, I mean, okay. So, we've been handling a lot of issues on the cyber and uh, internet front. Yes. Internet, porno- internet pornography, age verification, child device protection, AI, um, mm-hmm. uh, social media. This video, right? they recorded themselves, okay? Correct. It, it didn't accidentally get on the interwebs. No, it did not. It was, it, no. They intentionally, whether or not they, at least one of the parties involved. Yes. One of them intentionally posted Correct. the video for quite literally the world, because I, as I was reminded this week, it's the World, world Wide, Wide Web, Web, the www. stands for worldwide. Did you know? The world to yep. see. Yep. Lewd. Crude. Crude. <laughs> certainly not shrewd. But certainly nude. Dude. <laughs> it's rude. It's bad. Come on, man. In the words of Joe Biden, come on, come on, man. You know, so it's interesting that these things are happening. Cocaine in the White House, homosexual sexual actions in the Senate office building. It's amazing. I'm so glad that this administration is is fulfilling their promise of bringing decency and order and dignity back to the White House because this stuff was way worse under Donald Trump. Yeah, I mean, Under, under under the former president. I was told that there were porn stars in the White House. And they made lots of money just by standing by the guy. And I don't know who that is. I don't know what they're talking uh, about. Maybe we, we heard this last week, uh, this week, and I'm just going to go ahead and go go ahead and... Um, oh, you're going to do it? Yeah. Okay. Now, um, okay. we heard this week that if you... Now, I'm going to make an unfair comparison just the way unfair comparisons were made. I'm going to appeal to the lowest common denominator. Okay. As well, that's was politic. Done this week, we were told earlier this week if you support an age verification bill protecting children from harmful images, porno- pornography on the internet, and still support Donald Trump because of all the stuff he did, you're a hypocrite. You're a hypocrite. And then, by the way, it's not if you support him, it's if you vote for him. If you vote for him, not if you endorse him, not if you support him, if you voted vote for, for him. him. Y'all vote for a man that did all this. Time out. Your vain attempt 
Okay. Your vain attempt at a crude joke on the floor of the South Carolina House of Representatives was shameful. It it was a it, it was it was a minor joke. No big it was a big no deal. No big deal. And I don't I don't I have to be careful here because I know there are those of you out there that love Donald Trump. I do not support the shameful things that a person has done in their past. And I'll be honest with you, I've done dumb stuff in my I don't support past. the shameful things I've done in I my am, past. I am <laughs> sinful. And that's the problem here. We keep trying to self-aggrandize and make ourselves look better. I, the stuff I've done is just as bad. It's all Equal. evil. It's yep. all wrong. It's all sin. Yep. So whether you stood on the house... Uh, floor of the house and made a crude joke whether you said things on a bus in the early thousands whether you had uh i'll say it if you got kids around we'll be careful if you had a sexual affair in the in the oval office if you mm. brought pornography stars to the white house if you it's wrong it's wrong our constitution was only made for a Moral, moral people yeah. and is inadequate to the governance of any other. Yes. James or uh, John Adams. Correct. I'm not going to... I wanted to bloody noses. I'm not going to. I'm just as wrong as you are. But that does not mean that we start to explain away or uh, excuse away our actions and then point at another group of people and say, just because you do that means I'm okay. Well, there no. are still people, there are still people as well, even on the, what we would call the right side of the aisle, who are against the age verification bill. And they say it's an attempt uh, to further cast us into the big brother mold and uh, requiring adults to requiring adults to give their personal information. Let me explain something to you before we move on to our next topic, if I may. No one should be looking at this stuff. No one. No one. No one. Now, currently, the United States of America is a free society, contrary to what many may think, and it always has been. Whether it always will be is a different discussion. But for right now, you at the age of 18 are a free adult to do do whatever you wish. Even to the own detriment of not only your own body, but as as the Bible would state, this the sin of sexual immorality is a sin against your own body, against your own soul. So you have the right to do that. Children do not. And I'm sorry, I don't care your reasoning. I, I don't I don't care about your reasoning. The simple fact is, if you vote against a bill that would protect children from pornography, then by the vote alone, you support children ha- children having access to pornography. Just that's just a basic proof positive thing. Now, whether you want it to be in a different form, whether you want it to be maybe a different style of writing of the bill, and perhaps there need to be fine. It's the same thing over fine. and over again, then, Justin. It's refrain. It's it's talking about something that is not within the scope and sequence of the bill. Yes, is the, is is it going? The answer is yes to the question: Is this going to? require adults to use their ID. You use your ID to get tickets to a ball game. You use your ID to get into a bar. Yep. You use your ID to vote? 
Well, that's racist. So. You use your ID for so many things, whether important or for pleasure. Which one is voting? Important, and I enjoy it. Okay. I am a, I am, a, I love my civic duty as an American and as a South Carolinian. You use your ID, and sure. for the notion that the the Russians and the Chinese are going to set up a website and camp out on the state of South Carolina, and you know what they're going to do? They're going to get your data. Um, they already have your data. They have it. Um, and that's not conspiracy theory. They, they, they have it. Uh, see what is going on here right children viewing pornography right here in the frame mm-hmm. no we got to talk about other stuff right no we don't well no we don't let's talk about other stuff shall we let's move let's go to a breaking video from James O'Keefe it's right. a long video so i can't play it James O'Keefe formerly a project veritas top white house cyber official Tells O'Keefe in disguise several things. Now, I can see this, Are you and sure I can that's tell you, Kent? I can tell you that James O'Keefe was literally wearing glasses. I think it's Clark Kent. It could be. I mean, he takes the glasses off. That's James O'Keefe. He puts them back on. It's not. That's I mean, Clark Kent. I mean, I can't show the video, but he doesn't even look like he's in disguise. Anyway, so <laughs> he's wearing a cardigan. Talking with Charlie Crager. He then tags Charlie Crager on Twitter. Oof. By the way, that that Oof. Twitter has been uh, deleted, I guess, because it isn't blue. He's a cybersecurity policy analyst and foreign affairs desk officer in the executive office at the White House. Should we say he was? Or, Probably. Yeah. Uh, quote, Oof. I had a meeting with Michelle Obama. Someone asked her, will you ever run for office? And she said, no, emphatically. She was like, I've seen all the blank that my husband has had to go through, and that does not interest me. He also says, quote, Biden is definitely slowing down. I'm just telling you what I've heard. They're really concerned about it. I think they need to get rid of him or her. Her? But no one in modern history has ever said, like, we're going to, we're not going to renominate the president for a second term. At or excuse me, Kamala Harris hemorrhages black staff. She can't keep black staff. They quit on her in mass. He continues. She will be the vice president nominee. There was a debate about removing her from the ticket, but sadly they didn't. She's not popular, but you can't remove the first black lady to be vice president from the blank presidential ticket. Like what kind of message are you going to send to African-American voters? People would be like, what the blank? Like she's a woman and she's multiracial. So, uh, James O'Keefe in glasses in a coffee shop gets this cybersecurity policy analyst and foreign affairs executive office holder of the President of the United States to go on the record with him. Well, without him really knowing. (laughs) And this is what comes out about it. Now, this is important because if we look today, Friday, February 2nd, by the way, happy Groundhog Day. Happy early spring. A Fox News poll in Georgia has Donald Trump up eight points on Joe Biden. Don't look at national polls. No. Look at state polls. Yes. And look at swing state polling. Donald Trump leads leads Joe Biden by eight. Now, what happens if you throw in Jill Stein, Cornell West, and Bobby Kennedy? Where where does... Three percent. Where where do... But, but, but who do they pull from? That same... 
that poll in Georgia still has Donald Trump plus eight because the numbers actually get pulled from Joe Biden. Who's the poll? Is it uh, AJC? Fox News. Fox News. Interesting. A Wisconsin Fox News poll actually has a tie between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. I'd be curious to see the sample on that. In Wisconsin, when you throw in all the others, Mm -hmm. Trump plus three. Now, I've heard commercials lately that... I think I know where you're going with this. I've heard commercials lately that all the polling, all the polling says that Nikki Haley beats beats Joe Biden in every poll in swing states that Donald Trump lost in 2020. I'm looking at a Georgia poll... Uh, Biden beats Haley by six in a Wisconsin poll. Uh, Biden beats Haley by nine in a Pennsylvania poll. Let me see. And they stopped even looking at, at Nikki Haley after this. There's conceivably no shot she's the nominee. And I think this poll, these new polling numbers show that she's not going to be and that even if she was, she wouldn't have the momentum. The key here is as we move closer to July, July being convention time. Luckily, I'll probably I'll be on the beach by then. Um, <laughs> with the, with Chris the newborn, Christi, Chris Christie style. With the newborn baby. Yes, thank you. Um, yeah. So, when it comes to July, will we? Will there be a change in the Democratic ticket? No, not I've, in July. I've said, will there have been a change? No. Will there be not, a change after yeah, that? Yes. So. Yeah, get him to the get him to the finish mm-hmm. line. Get mm-hmm. him, yeah, get him the delegates, and then make the switch. Um, that way, the opposition doesn't have time to bloody the nose of whoever they put forward. See, retiring senator from West Virginia. Mm, he's big on the Joe Manchin thing. I don't think I, the Democratic Party I'm, wants that. I'm, I'm doubling down. Well, they may not want it, but that's their only shot. And then they do. Just I like, think they want you know who. Uh, they do, but she's not going to do it. They don't. No, 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 no. Oh, it's you man. mean GovGav? Yeah. Well, he, Veep, why not? To Joe Manchin? Yeah. No. Because then, what? Ha- hey, hang on. East Coast, West Coast. Hang tight. Joe Manchin's got five, or I'm sorry, four years. They do exactly what they did to Joe Biden. Shove him aside. This is the agenda. You're the figurehead. Joe Biden does not make the, uh, uh, come, come in close. Joe Biden doesn't make the decisions, okay? What? He sits in one corner of the oval. Do the math what? on that. He sits in a corner of the Oval and says, yeah, I'll sign that. They may even have a rubber stamp with a signature on it. They could. I, I don't know. What I'll, what I'll say is Joe Manchin would be the uh, bridge over Republican waters um, for GovGav um, the next wave. Yep. It gets you over the hump into 28. Whether that I, I'm going to speak crazy talk, whether that's Stacey Abrams, whether that wouldn't it be fun to see a Brian Kemp Stacey Abrams showdown at the federal level. For that would president. be great. Here's looking at you, Mr. Governor. Yeah, uh, I'm Mrs. She is she the governor? Mrs. President of the Universe. Okay, yeah, oh, but she was in a she was in like a sci-fi thing, wasn't she? Star Trek. Emperor <laughs> of we, the world. You can't make up this stuff. Um, I think. I think Joe Manchin's the guy to get them across the finish line, whoever they pick. And and Joe Manchin, all he's got to do is ride out four years. Right. If they if they win. If that side wins. If they win. And, you know, Trump, Scott, or Trump, um, 
you know, yeah. Haley. Yeah, that's not happening. Well, I'll say this. I appreciate the tenacity of Ambassador Governor uh, Haley. Fighting until the end. Fighting, I mean, she she is. Fighting until they either get rid of the guy or throw him in prison. Yeah, she is. Well, I mean, she has not given up on what she set out to do. That's not to besmirge or disparage anyone else that has or uh, suspended a campaign. um, And some probably should. Uh, Has Asa gotten out yet? Yes, he dropped. Okay, good job, Asa. Um, has, has, has Ryan Binkley? Dropped? I don't know. doesn't matter. Uh, well, I mean, it does for him and his family. No, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, wh- whoever, uh, I, I'm speechless. November's a long ways away. Yes, it's already February the 2nd, 2-2-24. Um, happy ballerina day. Um, it, 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 November's a long way away. It is. It is a long way away. A By the way, happen. this uh, a, a new resolution was passed, uh, a, a bill was passed in, in the United States uh, House of Representatives. Um, this bill was among a package of measures. Um, there were several. This bill basically stated that if you participated... In the October 7th attack, um, you can't come here. This bill would bar entry to the United States by members of Hamas or Islamic Jihad, as well as officers of the Palestinian Liberation Organization and anyone else, so I guess that would include some UN workers, who participated in the October 7th attacks against Israel. Um, And you might not even need to be a member of a recognized terror group in that case. Two Two people voted against this. Do we have their names? Two, we do. Uh, and you're not on. shocked by them. Ilan Omar. Nope. Really? You A- know one. AOC? Nope. I know one? I mean, you, you know one. I mean, you know both of them, but... All right. Are they members of the Hamas caucus? Yes. Corey Bush? Yep. And... Come on, buddy. Our resident, our resident terrorist representative. It's not Ilan Omar? No. Minnesota. Oh, Rashida Tlaib. Tlaib. Rashida Tlaib uh, said that the bill was redundant, <laughs> as entry to those who have participated in terrorism are already prohibited. Catherine Clark also said the same thing. House Democratic Whip said the statement was largely duplicate, duplicative. That's a word of existing law. Tlaib said the unnecessary bill is, quote, just another GOP messaging bill being used to incite anti-Arab, anti-Palestinian, anti-Muslim hatred that makes communities like ours unsafe. The progressive congresswoman included the bill in the list of four immigration measures up for a vote, all of which she opposed, calling them, quote, racist, fear-mongering bills that do nothing to fix our outdated and inhumane immigration system. Two things here. Number one, I if you... If, if your charter for your organization is find all the Jews, kill all the Jews, if there's a Jew hiding behind a tree, may the tree shout, oh, Muslim, there's a Jew behind me, come and kill them, I don't want you here. Secondly, our inhumane immigration system, I'm quoting her, uh, I would argue it's very inhumane that we're letting people just pour across the border. Of course, it's what you want, though. You want to flip the demographic. You're, what, do you, what are we to do if only... If only 
The president of the United States has the executive power to shut down the border with one swipe of a pen. Almost like the same executive power he used to open the border with one swipe of a pen on day one of his presidency. I'm not a big fan of executive authority like that, unfettered. I really am not. I would prefer much, much greater restriction on the president when it comes to executive power. However, he has the ability to stop this. Congress, I, I, they got to give me the power. No, they don't. And secondly, uh, thirdly, this compromise bill that's coming out of the Senate, authored by good friend James Lankford of the state of Oklahoma, um, if it ain't good enough, we got a problem. If it ain't good enough, we got a problem. Again, forgive me, and I know this is separate from the Rashida Tlaib issue, but I'm so tired of Republicans in the Senate and in the House squishing on immigration and saying, well, if you give us more, if you give us more enforcement, we'll give you more amnesty. And the other side always gets the amnesty, and I never get the border protection. Hmm. Explain to me how that works. You know, I bet it has good border security. What country probably has pretty good border security? What country would that be? Somalia. Well, you think? Ilhan. Maybe not. Ilhan made a statement. And we won't play the clip for you. Ilhan made a statement uh, speaking to a group of people. She's Somalian. Mm-hmm. She's Somali. I mean, she's an immigrant. Mm-hmm. Um, where she said she uses her time and her power and her influence in Congress to put Somalia first. What does that mean? You heard that, right? Put Somalia first. Now, she I mean, like, first, like, after the United States? Maybe. Uh, she didn't say that. Hopefully. I would hope it, but I don't think it's the, the case. The only reason I'm in the Congress is to put Somalia first. Right. Hmm. Right. I wonder if the people of her district agree with that. Well, these were the people in her district. Um, yeah. Now. I wonder if she has like a large demographic of Somalis. She probably does. On the. I, I don't know. On the subject of Israel and Palestine. I want to get to this report from Axios before we go too much further. Secretary of State Antony Blinken. I guess they've shortened it now to Tony. Uh, asked the asked the State Department to conduct a review and present policy options on possible U.S. and international recognition of a Palestinian state after the war in Gaza. Now, again, forgive me. I might be right. Help me. Egypt, at one point, seemingly had control over the Gaza Strip. Didn't want it. Jordan didn't want it. Why? There are a lot of Palestinians. There is no Palestinian state. Why do you think that is? Work through that for me, State Department. So, Hamas, under the direction of Iran, launches an all-out assault on Israel, killing men, women, and children, beheading men, women, and children, burning men, women, and children, taking men, women, and children hostage, doing unspeakable things to living and dead men, women, and children. Now there's a war that, we, that, that we've already crossed 100 days, and the assumption is it's going to go for a long time. Because Israel, in their national interest, believes only that they can find safety if Hamas is completely eradicated. That's a fair statement. But now the U.S., in an attempt to try to stop the war 
is already floating this idea of recognition of a Palestinian state. Yeah, it's ironic. The UK is doing it too. It's ironic. Isn't it ironic? Uh, Don't yeah. you think? Yeah. The, the irony here is that the only people that want a two-nation state are the people that have no stake in the game. Yeah, yes, correct. The Palestinians don't want a state. They certainly don't want a two-nation state. No, they want a one-nation state. They want Israel wiped off the map. Yes. That's why they teach children maps of the world without Israel on it. Yes, it's it's Palestine. It's whatever. Yeah. Um, which, And I've been there. I've been there. I've actually crossed over into Palestinian-controlled areas. It is vastly different than Israeli-controlled areas. Vastly different. Do you feel less safe? Sort of. But do you also see the... Oh, how do I put this delicately? The detestable condition? Control or cultural influence? There's a, there's a heavy cultural influence. It, it's, it's, it's rough. This can't happen. This can't happen. And I'm not some Zionist. I, I, you know, I don't refer to that label. But this can't happen. It can't happen. Now, I haven't been referred to as a Zionist, but I have been referred to as a Christian nationalist. And uh, this is an exclusive from the Daily Caller uh, with friend of the program, Meg Brock, mm-hmm. uh, with this headline, Exclusive. Trans medical organization speaker blames hate groups and Christian nationalism for the backlash against gender-affirming care. A speaker at an educational event hosted by the world's leading transgender medical association blamed hate groups uh, for orchestrating bills designed to limit children's ability to receive sex change procedures, according to a WPATH presentation uh, obtained through a public records request. The World Professional Association for Transgender Health, it's a medical organization that has published influential clinical guidance for the sex reassignment industry called Standards of Care, which recommend children receive puberty suppression, cross-sex hormones, and sex reassignment surgery. The presentation titled Legal Issues and Policy was part of an educational series. In the presentation, Paula Nira, who identifies as a transgender woman, so this man um, is the program director of the LGBTQ Equity and Education at Johns Hopkins Medicine claimed that legislative efforts aimed at stopping pediatric sex reassignment, so child sexual reassignment surgeries, which I've been told don't happen, and protecting women's sports were, quote, targeting the rights of transgender youth. What, 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 What rights? The rights to push women aside. Nero further claimed that hate groups and Christian nationalism or behind bills to limit sex change procedures, citing the Southern Poverty Law Center in the process. Now, if you would like to file a complaint against Palmetto Family with the Southern Poverty Law Center, I encourage it. Please do. You're trying to beat my deadline, aren't you? Please do. He's trying to beat my deadline. I want to be targeted by the Southern Poverty Law Center. Please. It would let me know that I'm doing the right thing. These bills are trying to bar the use of facilities aligned with gender identity or to bar participation in interscholastic sports aligned with gender identity. Later in the presentation, Nira suggested these legislative efforts to stop pediatric sex reassignment services and protect sports and spaces were driven by Christian nationalism and anti-LGBTQ hate groups parading as Christian organizations. Quote, 
nationalism, and in the United States, particularly Christian nationalism, is what is behind this slew of state-based legislation. It's the alliance with, for partisan political reason, organizations that profess to be Christian, but are in fact anti-LGBTQ hate groups as labeled by the SPLC. Uh, SPLC, of course, as you know, is a left-wing organization. Um, They throw around that hate group target quite a bit. They published a report titled Combating Anti-LGBTQ Plus Pseudoscience uh, back in December. So not only, I got to start here, not only is Christian nationalism a threat to this industry, because that's what it is, it's an industry. Yeah. But nationalism is. Nationalism. Which one could argue that nationalism is what, nationalism in its most evil form is what gave rise to Adolf Hitler. A desire for a reunified Germany, a desire for a pure German Reich again. I I prefer patriotism over nationalism. I do too. I do too. But if you are patriot, again, this is the problem because we get closer to Memorial Day and July 4th, here come the hit pieces about how I feel unsafe when I see American flags. So not only nationalism, but Christian nationalism. And understand what we're talking about here. Is that the get, the world? Yeah. I feel unsafe when I don't see American flags. Correct. Just saying. So we're going to get to Representative Fawn Petalino in just a second. Ooh, can't wait. But before we get to her. But wait. This idea that Christians hate gay people. Not or true. Christians hate transgender people. Not true. That's simply not true. I'm not trotting out the line of, of hate the sin, love the sinner. I'm not trotting that line out because I do have some theological uh, differences with that statement. However, Christians, those who are followers of Christ, we are called to love our enemies. Now, I'm going to quote a pastor that's found himself in some hot water on this issue, but I'm going to quote something different that he said. Because I am a Christian... I cannot affirm your lifestyle. I cannot affirm your sin that puts you in the category of LGBTQ. In the same way, as a Christian, I cannot demean you and say that you're not worthy of the gospel because of your LGBTQ lifestyle sinfulness. I can't do either of them. I must... I must go to the middle and say, because I'm a Christian and because you are made in the image of God, I'm here to tell you there's something greater. And that takes me back to where we started this this show. And that is, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. Oh, getting preachy. Yeah. And we are all, Me, you, you, we are all in desperate need of a Savior. We are all sinners who must repent. We, me, you, you, all of us. And if we will do that, and if we, as children of the king, as king's kids, kingdom chums, (laughs) will give away the gospel as salt and light, being the light and love of Jesus, Hands and feet, just here. Yep. And uh, you know, I've I've heard you know I'm just one beggar get showing another beggar how to get bread. I, I don't know. 
I know this. I need Jesus. And I'm so grateful that he loves me and so humbled by my desperate, let me say that one more time, desperate need for Jesus. And I'm not giving an altar call. Yeah. If you need Jesus, Sweet. whether you are part of a acronymic community, whether you are a Christian nationalist, whether you are a person that believes in child pornography, if you need Jesus, you've been a bench warmer in the church for decades. If you need Jesus, find someone who can share the gospel with you. As we stand, open your hymnals to him or as we sing the next 47 verses of Just As I Am. I surrender um, so oh, I, I, think, I think it's an important thing to keep in mind because as we foray into next week, before we get to Representative Petalina, uh, next week holds some uh, key things. Number one, medical marijuana is going to be debated. Medicinal use of marijuana is going to be debated inside the South Carolina Senate again. Uh, we will keep you updated on that. And there's a person up for a judgeship in South Carolina. And there's some issues uh, with this judgeship and how um, it has gone about, being gone about, if you will. Um, and so we will draw your attention to that in the coming weeks. Along with all these other bills that passed, of course, the Help Not Harm bill passed in the South Carolina House of Representatives uh, just a few days ago. And so we sat down with Representative Fawn Petalino. Uh, to discuss why she went to the well when she did, as someone who hasn't been in the seat for very long, uh, why she went to the well when she did, and what it was like to be a part of the 3M subcommittee, the 3M full committee, and of course the full House representatives as this bill made its way through the chamber. So enjoy this conversation with Representative Fawn Petalino. We're here with Representative Fawn Petalino talking about the Help Not Harm bill that was just passed in South Carolina last week. Representative, glad you're with us. Obviously, you're you're no stranger to being behind a microphone, of course, but yes. um, a little bit of a stranger when it comes to being at the well. Yes. And when when we had the uh, heartbeat debates and we had the Human Life Protection Act debates, it, you were there, you were involved behind the scenes, but we talked with others who took the well and just had a pressing need that I feel like I need to speak. Senator Rickenbach had that moment last year in the Senate. I, I feel like I need to speak. And, and so what prompted you to other than recognitions and honoring people who were in the balcony, what drove you to go to the well in that moment when we had that 30 minutes for each side? Well, first of all, thank you for having me on the show. Um, but I will tell you, for me, when I realized that this bill was going to come through the, the 3M, I was going to be on the subcommittee and the committee, I decided that I really wanted to do my due diligence and research facts so that Obviously, the biggest talking point as far as, you know, why these surgeries, why they should be taking the sex hormones or the puberty blockers, you know, well, they're claiming they're going to kill themselves or, you know, they have all these facts and they say that the only reason we don't want it is because we don't agree with it or we just don't like what they stand for. So I wanted to have all the facts together so that when I went, I could say, well, this is this is my issue with it. And so I, I really took the time. It was probably like a week that I looked into it. And I just, I learned as much as I could from both sides of the aisle. And there were a lot of things that disturbed me. And I just felt like, I just felt led that I needed to go down there and say, you know, I understand that they have these talking points, but this 
is what's out there. Sure. And I've, I just needed to tell that other side. There was a moment as we were leading up to the debate, and we talked about this bill. This is the number one issue for us uh, this session. We brought Chloe Cole in in November to speak on this issue in, in North Spartanburg. You can still go watch that on YouTube. Um, shameless plug. When when you're dealing with this issue, the the frame, and we've been talking a lot recently about keeping things in the frame. Right. And what tends to happen is, in these debates specifically, people like to go outside of the frame. And we're talking about puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and gender reassignment surgery, which is genital mutilation. And when we're talking about these things, that's the frame. Some like to play outside the frame and talk about pronouns and talk about coming out to their teacher and why teachers should be a safe space. And while we can have that discussion, what I found interesting in the full committee was that we didn't stay in the frame. We went outside of the frame very quickly. Absolutely. On both sides of the aisle instead of keeping it within the frame. How important is it? when you're debating an issue as important as children dealing with a significant mental health disorder, how important is it to try to stick in that frame? Well, I think that's a great point that you bring up. So a lot of people go out of the frame for the simple fact that they don't have the facts to back up why they don't want to support this bill, Mm -hmm. right? They have to make it something it's not. But when at the end of the day, the facts are there. You know, this is a $5.4 billion industry. They're profiting off of our children. These surgeries are irreversible. You can never take it back. Mm -hmm. So once it's done, it's done. I mean, I don't know about you, but I have done so many dumb things in my life, even after 18, that I was able to come back from. This is something you can't do that with. Um, These medications coming from EMS and working in a doctor's office, which... I found pretty comical. Um, if you if you look up on Twitter, I got bashed a lot saying, you know, I didn't have my facts right, and I claim that I worked in the health field. You know, I did. I did. You claimed and, it because it was true. Right. And so it's like they're not FDA approved no. for gender dysphoria. Right. And there's no long-term studies that show the effects, right? You're stopping growth. Yes. So if you're stopping growth in one aspect, what's to say you're not stopping growth in brain development? All of these are are out there. There is actually an article um, that I came across, uh, Dr. Erica Anderson. Mm -hmm. She's a transgender female. She's a psychologist. She deals with gender dysphoria. She was over WPATH, which is the Association for Transgender Health, right? And she actually came out and said they were doing sloppy work. They weren't doing their due diligence. They were falsely um, categorizing these kids into gender dysphoria because There's a social aspect to this. You cannot tell me these numbers haven't grown and tripled in the past five to 10 years that there's not some type of social aspect of Mm -hmm. I want to be different. I need to be seen. And so they're not taking the proper precautions to actually assess these kids over a long period of time to see if that's really what's going on. And now you've subjected them to possible sterilization forever, Mm -hmm. right? If they're taking these puberty blockers, sex hormone um, drugs. Mm -hmm. And then of course the surgeries are absolutely irreversible. Correct. You know, we talk about the, the billions of dollars. Uh, There was a doctor at Vanderbilt. This was discovered a year or two ago. We talked about it on the show talking about, you know, if you aren't willing to do this, you don't belong at Vanderbilt. Now I'm of the opinion that a doctor should be able to keep hold of their deeply held ethical moral beliefs and it's been proven that it was happening in South Carolina as well at MUSC with an endocrinology transgender endocrinology clinic that's 
patients were as young as four, which tells me there were four year, at least one four-year-old who was being treated for this. We also heard at the well, not from you, of course, uh, from others, that this was politicking on the backs of children. Now, forgive me, I may be crazy, um, and I don't want this to sound out of turn, but in this case, it was politicking on the backs of children. But the moment we have some sort of tragedy where someone is unwell and they then use a firearm to kill children, that's different in some respects because we then say, oh, well, we got to protect the kids. Right. And I'm more than fine with that. I believe that we should protect children in every area. So what makes this one any different? I never under, I never understand that. Well, they're, they're viewing it from a different angle. Their viewpoint is that we are trying to take the rights away for what these children want. But I don't know about you. <laughs> when I grew up, my parents didn't care what I wanted. They Correct. said, I know what's best for you. I'm the parent, and it is my job to get you to 18 to where you can survive on your own, and this is what we're going to do. I couldn't even eat the food I wanted. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. You know, as the, you either eat what we cooked or you go hungry, Correct. right? And so I just think that we've moved away from the nuclear family background that we used to have to kids should rule the roost. And, you know, Yes, kids should be able to come to their parents and tell them what they're going through, tell them what they're feeling, mm -hmm. and parents should take the time and energy to look into that. But when you're talking about something that's irreversible and you can never take it back, I think we really need to take a step back sure. and say, you know, let's get you the help that you need, but let's start with the discussion, not yeah. immediately going to medication or surgery. Yeah, as we see in other places in Canada and California, California is now becoming a transgender safe haven. You can, if you're a child here in South Carolina and you're 15, you can somehow, some way, purchase a ticket, fly to California, get whatever surgery or treatment you want, and no one has to tell your parents. It's state law in California. There are billboards up in South Carolina promoting this from uh, GovGav. So that's a legitimate thing that's happening. Now, we're talking about taking rights away from children. You don't have the constitutional right to do these things. That's another topic, another day. But when we're in the subcommittee hearing, and I think, what, 48 or 49 people testified. Mm -hmm. Of those, one testified in favor of the bill. Again, another discussion, another day. Um, talk about that subcommittee process. You were a part of that. You, you sat and listened to these you probably heard some of the expletives that were shouted after the subcommittee was over. Then you're part of the committee. Walk us through that process, what that was like, as you're doing your own research and hearing from citizens of South Carolina, maybe non-citizens of South Carolina, uh, sort of pour out their stories uh, to the committee, uh, both in sub and then, of course, the discussion in the full committee. What, what was that like over such a contentious issue? Well, I will tell you my frustration with it. Um, I understand people want to come out. They want to stand for what they believe, and, and I'm okay with that. But my biggest frustration was the doctors, right, the pediatricians that are showing up on behalf of this. And, you know, they're telling us this stuff isn't happening in South Carolina, but we are fully aware that it is, right? And, of course, they also said that there weren't very many children that were going through this process, but then when they realized that the bill was going to pass, they asked us to grandfather in around 3,700 kids. Well, if there's nobody you really have to worry about, then why do we need to grandfather in sure. 3,700 kids? Sure. Um, but more importantly, you know, they get up there and they say there's nothing wrong with doing this. 
To which I asked the question, are these medications FDA approved for this? The answer that I received was, well, there's a lot of medications that aren't FDA approved for what they're used for. Does that make it okay? Let's just take Ozempic, for example, right now. What's yeah. going on with that? Like, I mean, we're backtracking real quick I on, that, I, I, on I, that, aren't I, we? I'm not necessarily a big fan of using Ozempic for weight loss, by the way. I think it's, it could be It's a dangerous game, yeah. absolutely. And so that right there is proof that, you know, does that make it right? No. And and then when I said, you know, she didn't actually directly answer the question. So my follow up was, was that a yes or a no? <laughs> um, that's all I want. Yes or no. And she knew I already knew. And so she says, well, well, maybe it is. I don't know. I and and that. so that's the frustration for me. It's like, yeah. you know, you know, the game we're playing. It can be dangerous for kids. And I'm actually glad you brought up California. So I had two studies. I, I, I couldn't find them um, when I got in here. But they actually did a study on 900 um, individuals who went through either the um, vaginoplasty or the, I believe it's phalloplasty, mm-hmm. if you're going from female to male. Yep. And I was looking at, you know, because their biggest thing is, you know, these kids will commit suicide if they don't yes. um, don't get to move forward with the gender-affirming care, as they call it. And so I started doing some research on that because that was really important to me because I'm, I'm not here for kids to hurt themselves. Well... Believe it or not, study out of California, 900 people, out of those 900 who had the vaginoplasty, the suicide rate doubled after surgery. Why do you think that is? That's because they just realized they made a huge mistake that can never be undone. Um, now, I will tell you, in all fairness, it did not completely double in the phalloplasty. However, it was about 7 to 8% increase. Still an increase. So I, yeah. I just think that that's interesting. It, it So when we drill down, and the reason why we wanted Representative Petalino to join us on the program today is because when you actually study a topic, I think this is so important. Number one, you know my advice to you, read the bill. It's my number one advice to you, read the bill. If you read the bill, you'll probably have read it more times than many of the people who are in the state house. Absolutely. <laughs> Number two, on the issue, actually research it, actually study it. Listen, I'm fine if you want to uh, aggrandize or if you want to bloviate for a couple of minutes. That's fine. I can hit mute on my computer. It's not a big deal. The problem is when we do that, oftentimes we don't research the issue. On this issue, which we say is politicizing children, taking away the rights of trans youth, which to the point that was raised, and I wish... I'm going to give you this. Next time we have something like this, I would encourage you, this is your word um, or your phrase. Well, that's not happening here. Great. Then you won't mind me banning it. Right. Great. If it's not happening here, then who cares if I Then why do we have to worry about it? Right. Let's be proactive, not reactive. Yeah, let's just ban it. If a hurricane's coming, well, the hurricane's not here yet. Great. Let's board up the windows anyway, just in case. Right. And we don't have to worry about it. Just keep that in mind. Uh, When you actually research a topic and you're thoughtful about it, it cuts through the morass of right, left, liberal, conservative, Republican, Democrat. You just kind of see the issue for what it is. And what we see the issue is it's a $5.4 billion industry. Uh, What is it? One puberty blocker, one like prescription over the course of a year or two is like $45,000. So let me, let me, okay. So the article that I went to was the Reuters special report. And they are actually in this article, they are talking about a transgender female and they, they are for it, but the facts that are in here, they call it like it is, and I appreciate that. And and in this article, they actually claim, so there's there's two 
pharmaceutical companies that are really big into this. Um, and one of them was, um, I would have to look back through it, but basically what they did was they had one puberty blocker that was $4,500. I can't prove it, but I'm pretty sure that when Obamacare went into effect and they said that insurance companies had to start backing this up, right? Um, they did away, and, and this part I do know, they did away with the $4,500 puberty blocker that lasts for two years, and they said they, they, they came out with a better one, and it lasts for two years, $45,000. If that's not a coincidence, I don't know what to tell you what is. Interesting. It's a good money-making scheme. I mean, if you want to make some money in pharmaceuticals, that's the place to go. Yeah. We also know in these situations we're dealing with Lupron. Right. We're dealing with Lupron. Lupron has been widely used to chemically castrate sex offenders. I mean, and we're giving this to children. Right. Just a 12-year-old, and again, I'm not trying to belittle, 12-year-old who... Literally all of a sudden, because up until five minutes ago, this really wasn't a big issue. Uh, I, I, I'm a female, but I think I'm a male. Okay, well, let's give you this medicine. Hold up a second. Like, I, I'm, my wife's pregnant. We aren't allowed, she's, she can't, you know, eat certain things. Right. Right? Like, deli meat has been off limits for nearly nine months. <laughs> Processed we, uh, we love a good me- We love a good medium <laughs> rare steak. Can't have that right now. That's right? right. That's it, There are things you do to protect your child. There are things you do to protect yourself. I don't believe injecting ourselves with cross-sex hormones or stopping puberty is necessarily a beneficial thing for anyone. Right. When... In reality, this is a mental health problem. And and those who are struggling with gender dysphoria, we said it from the beginning, and I think Representative Petalino would agree, these people need help. They're in times of crisis. They're in a serious moment in their lives where, at, again, my argument, if folks who claim to be Christians in the church would actually step into this moment, I don't think we'd have these kind of problems for counseling and, and for greater understanding of who they are and who God made them to be we might find that we'd cut down on some of these things. And so, Representative, as you see this move toward the Senate, I, I feel confident that this passes the Senate and gets signed into law by Governor McMaster. I don't think he'll withhold the pen on this one. As we see this issue morph as it goes into the Senate, how important is it for folks to do what you did, to continue to research the issue, to cut through the, the mud, I'll keep it, G, to cut through that and to really search out the facts for themselves. I think it's important that they do that on every single issue. Uh, matter of fact, I just I had a constituent come to me not too long ago and say that another bill was a, a constitutional carry bill in the Senate was going to lower the age to 18. And I read through the bill. I read through the amended version of the bill. And I went back to him and I said, I don't see that anywhere. And he's like, well, the group that I'm with had you know, the facts on this bill. And I said, well, I will read it with it, you know, read through it with you. And, you know, he said he'll get back to me on, on where that paperwork was, but always do your due diligence because everyone has an agenda, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we shouldn't, we do, but we shouldn't. It should always be about what is best for the state of South Carolina, but that's just not the way it is. And right. so I would say whether you think you're for something or not, um, I would do your due diligence and research everything that you're interested in and what you want your leadership to back in right. all things. Right. Representative Fawn Petalino, one of 124 inside the South Carolina House of Representatives, which, by the way, 
political nerd, I, I do tend to watch the sessions even when they're you guys aren't debating a topic that really interests me or might be a very mundane day, a Thursday, for example. Just really funny how the speaker, I saw it today, he reminds me of a first-grade teacher trying to get control of a classroom that just came back from recess. Does that make sense? Like at the very beginning of the day? Absolutely. I, I would say, <laughs> first, there's there's two viewpoints that I, I always tell my husband um, about being in the house. Number one, we're all like grade school children. He always has to reel us in. Or it's like herding cattle, right? He's mm-hmm. got to bring us all back to, to square one, and we're all talking over each other, and it's it's just it's insane it, sometimes. And then and then on the other screen you have the Senate, and sometimes I forget whether I muted it or not because it's <laughs> just so very quiet, quiet <laughs> yes. compared to the raucous environment that is the house, and that's fine because it's two separate forms of in, in two separate chambers, and it's always great. But one of 124, but a champion on this issue. And we appreciate the work that you did in subcommittee and full committee and, of course, on the floor. And that and those moments that you took to the well to explain what you've read and to explain the facts behind this issue. And that's why we wanted to bring you in today. We appreciate you taking the time before you, before you head out of town, uh, back out of town, get away from Columbia as fast as you can. <laughs> and uh, we appreciate you joining us uh, to talk about it. Well, thank you for having me. And just um, one quick thing. Mm-hmm. I did find those two uh, pharmaceutical companies. It was AbbVie and Indo Pharmaceuticals was actually who did away with the 4500 and came back with the 45000 So maybe maybe we try to connect those dots a little bit and, and try to understand this issue more and more because I promise you we can pass all the state laws we want on this, but, you know, lately in our system the federal government does have a bit of unfettered power in certain areas. Maybe we should rein that in. Um, but it's possible this could come back up uh, in a number of different areas. So do your research, understand the issue, and I think you'll be all the wiser for it. Representative Petalino, again, thank you for, for hopping on today. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. That's all the time we've got for you on this Friday edition of the fastest-growing and strongest conservative talk show in the state of South Carolina. That's because of you. We want to thank you, so make sure you Like us on all of our social media channels. Subscribe to the YouTube page. It's free. We don't require you to do anything. Just click the subscribe button. That'll notify you when we go live. Make sure five-star rating and review on all the podcast stuff. Yada, yada, yada. This one's important, though. I Believe SC is the sponsor of this here program. I Believe SC.net is a funded ministry by multiple denominations and Christians from across the state that I Believe SC license plate will proclaim the gospel from your car while you're sitting in traffic, uh, going wherever that may be in the state because you always can find traffic here somewhere. I believe sc.net is where you can go. Low numbers are still available. Get them today. We'll talk to you guys on Monday on the Monday.